Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Matt Infante, and I'm joined by PFN Deputy Editor Adam H. Beasley. And Adam, uh, the preseason's finally behind us, which I know you're thrilled about. Uh, did you have a favorite preseason moment of 2023? <laughs> when we did our production meeting, it was, the joke was, I'll say, when it ended, uh, which of course is true. Uh, abolish the preseason. Completely absurd that things still exist. Uh, we saw uh, Daywood Davis have a very, very frightening injury uh, at the end of what was the very last play of Dolphins-Jaguars. They called the game early with eight and a half minutes left. It's patently absurd that you can just cancel a game and it doesn't matter who wins, doesn't matter who loses, just end it. It's one thing if it's basketball, it's one thing if it's baseball. Every single time you get on the football field, you could literally die, Like, right? You could literally be paralyzed and die. And I know the odds are you know, slim in all sports. Baseball, there are crazy things that happen as well, but you don't see the visuals like you saw Saturday night in Jacksonville. Uh, when immobilized, and thankfully he was he was fine, but immobilized, hospitalized, concussion protocol, all those for a scary hit. You are asking him to do that basically for free, right? He yeah. he he is getting a stipend because I mean he's been injury waived, so he's gotten some money out of it. Spoiler alert: he's no longer on the team. I don't know if you haven't seen the fifty three yet, but he is not on the team. Um, and it happens time and time again. Like the week before, there are two or three dudes that we had to check on to make sure they weren't paralyzed. So. Football is a brutal sport. Injuries are a hundred percent risk. You will always get hurt if you play football at some point. Uh, to expect these guys to do it for free is nuts, and it should end. So yes, my favorite moment was it ending. Um, my second favorite moment was to see Tua Tagovailoa look like Tua Tagovailoa again. Uh, he had two really good drives, two two really bad drives, but two really good drives that he had, um, and and those were those were encouraging moments. Um, but yeah, I'm glad this thing is over. Let's get to the football, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, this is obviously cut down week in the NFL as teams trim their roster to 53 players. Uh, the biggest story for the Dolphins the last week though, has been around a player that's not on their roster. Um, so after days of kind of rampant speculation reports, some credible, most nonsense, uh, running back Jonathan Taylor is not a Miami Dolphin. Uh, Adam, you were at the facility this week. Um, we heard uh, Mike McDaniel talk yesterday. Did you ever get the feeling that any trade for Taylor was actually close? No. Or no, more no, media no, speculation? No. Uh, it wasn't media speculation. It was targeted um, misinformation, I think, by one camp, and that was Jonathan Taylor's camp. Jonathan Taylor is desperate to be out of Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor is desperate to get $13, $14, 15000000 million a year in a long-term deal with a bunch of guaranteed money. Uh, he's not getting that from the Colts. Probably isn't going to get that from anyone else in 2024 when presumably he hits free agency. Although the Colts don't have to do that, they could franchise him twice in the next two years and have, if they want to drag this drama on to ensure they get some sort of value out of him, either on the field or via trade, they, they absolutely could. So this is something that's not going to end anytime soon. But I, I asked uh, Mike McDaniel both last week and this week about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and each time the answer is exactly the same. If it was close, I would be told about it. I have not been told about it. It's not close. That's the answer. So, yeah, my, my guess is that often said, hey, how about a third, you know? And and the Colts were like, absolutely not. We want a first-round pick for him. He is our best player, and we think he has value. They might be mistaken, but uh, no, I, I don't think it was ever particularly close. I think, there, I think uh, credit to Jonathan Taylor's representation for 
uh, creating the illusion of a robust market uh, for a guy who would have taken a first round pick, presumably, and $30 million guaranteed for a running back, at least. That's a huge chunk of change. Um, so, yeah, no, it would have been. Look, look at this roster. We can go through it. And certainly when we're, we're taping this, we don't know what the week one 53 will be. We know what the cut down day 53 will be. We don't know what, I mean, we're taping this at 845 on, on Wednesday morning. The Dolphins will make at least two, if not three more moves. There are guys that are going to go on IR like Jalen Ramsey, IR to return. So we don't know exactly what the composition of their roster is. But, um, you know, they've <laughs> they've got a tight end concern. They don't have a bunch of tight ends. They've got a safety concern. They don't have a bunch of healthy safeties. So there's... A lot of other ways where this team needs to get better than a running back, where they have four guys, and 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 we'll see what they do with Chris Brooks, but four guys at least that they know they want on their team and they feel like they can produce for him. So what do you make, if anything, um, of the reports that the Dolphins did reportedly sniff around now, what, this is three top running backs this offseason with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and now Taylor? Is it simply just due diligence being done to see if they can get an elite talent at a discount? Um, or is there something, you know, is it a statement about their running back room right now? Uh, I don't think it's an indictment of their running back room. I just think they're always looking for value. Chris Greer, I mean, that's the thing is that it's funny. Uh, McDaniel last week made the joke. Um, you know, everyone tweets out reports, including my two and a half year old daughter. And it's the follow up question is, well, what is her reports? What information does she have? Oh, if there's a Dolph- if there's a player available, the Dolphins want him, right? Every single major trade bait piece of the last two years has been connected for the Dolphins, and, and for good reason because they've traded for Tyreek Hill, they've traded for Bradley Chubb, they've traded for Jalen Ramsey. They have gone and made enormous swings uh, in in the trade market, and so yeah, you just kind of expect if there's a if there's a buzzy name, the Dolphins will at least call about it, and there's some truth to that because Chris Greer calls about every everyone. He loves to trade. He loves to at least gauge the temperature of what it would take to get a player that could help the Dolphins to their team. My understanding is that's what happened with Jonathan Taylor, that there was a disgruntled player. He saw potential value, um, sort of like the heat down here uh, for basketball fans. The Miami Heat go whale hunting and they go and they, 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 they try to find these, you know, these disgruntled stars. And it goes all the way back to Shaq, right? Even Alonzo Mourning, I think. I have to go and look at the, you know, the late 90s. I wasn't an exactly a, a big Heat fan. But the history of the Heat over the last 25 years has been great destination. Who doesn't want to live in Miami? Except in the summertime, we have hurricanes. Um, who doesn't want to pay zero uh, income tax? There's no income tax in the state of Florida. Uh, and who doesn't want to play for Pat Riley, right? Th- those three things have gotten players of the Miami Heat that they otherwise wouldn't get. And right now there's drama with Damian Lillard. Will he end up as a member of the Miami Heat? They just always seem to attract and be attracted to these you know, distressed assets. And that's really what Jonathan Taylor is. And so I think there's a little bit of Chris Greer that 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 that, that sees what Pat Raleigh does. Like, you know, that's, that's a pretty smart blueprint. If we can get really, really good, really star players and get them for a fraction of the cost that they otherwise would, would cost us, let's do it. And they did it with Ramsey, right? I mean, you look at what the trade was with Ramsey. What was it, a third and Hunter Long, I think? Is that is that what the terms of that trade were? Uh, basically giving him away. Like, and, and certainly it's very unfortunate what happened to Jalen. He's, you know, hopefully he's back. He sounds like he's, he's going to at the very least meet his, his goal and maybe not, maybe if not beat it. Um, but, uh, you know, time and time again, the, the Dolphins have gone out and gotten players 
that are at a high level, they, they could perform at a high level, um, and they pay them the top dollar in contract. It's not like they got a deal on Tyreek Hill. They didn't. Uh, but a lot of times they're able to, they, they, the teams want to, players want to play here for a lot of reasons. I think Mike McDaniel's one of them. And that's why Jonathan Taylor's like, hey, look at this big party. Everybody was ending up in Miami and they're building this super team. Why can't I be a part of that? Well, the truth is because, A, the salary cap exists <laughs> and the Dolphins, if they want to keep Christian Wilkins, which we'll get into in a bit, uh, they can't be spending $30 million guaranteed on a running back. Um, and two, it takes two to tango. The Colts aren't just going to say, oh, okay, you want Jonathan Taylor, you're building for a Super Bowl, we're rebuilding, go ahead and have this maybe best running back in the National Football League. No, it's going to cost you. Yeah, it's funny because the Colts don't want to give Taylor what he's looking for, but they also don't want to give him away. So um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out in Indianapolis. Do, do, you, do you think that Ursay is just being petty? Like, do you think yeah. that's what this yeah. is? Probably. Um, it, it's interesting because they put this first round value reportedly on him, you know, that that's the package they want, but yet they're not willing to kind of pay him the equivalent salary of, of what they're asking for in return in a trade. So something, it's hard to square that circle. And I'm not sure. Well, it, okay. Here's the, here's the devil's advocate. The system is set up in a way which they don't have to. They don't have to trade him and they don't have to pay him what he thinks he's owed because the franchise yeah. tag does exist. Uh, they got him on a rookie contract. Uh, I think he was a second round pick, right? Yep. Uh, he was not a first round pick in 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? He I was the same year as Noah Ignogany. So yeah, 20, right? 2020. Um, yeah. So he's getting him like I, Jonathan Taylor's making nothing as a second round pick on his rookie contract. Uh, and he will make they franchise in the next two years, maybe a total, a total of $28 million, maybe 30 max. I, I have to do the math, but so you're getting them for a million, 2 million max. So you're saying for the next three years, you're guaranteed to have Jonathan Taylor for $32 million. Why would you pay him a dime more than that over the next three seasons? I mean, it just makes no sense. So the system is set up in a way to screw the player. We, we obviously know this, the, uh, the, this, the CBA, there's so many things that go into a CBA and the, and, and the pool of players that, uh, are all at risk for, franchise tag, which is anti-capitalistic. It's anti-American. There's so many things that it's not, it's not the free market. It's not. Um, but they agreed to it because it's collectively bargained. And the pool of players that that could potentially impact someday is so infinitesimal that they're not like the other 95% of the league is like, oh, sure. Keep the franchise tag. That's not going to apply to me. I, I'm just trying, like, there are a lot more, a ton more Liam Eikenbergs out there than there are Jonathan Taylor's. And Liam Eikenberg is just trying to make a team. He's like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get as much money as I can on my rookie deal. I'm going to do things maybe for medical benefits that are improved, mm -hmm. uh, time off, these things that have, you know, real life implications on me. I'm not going to care about the franchise tag. So yeah, you're going to have these big dramatic showdowns every year because of the 2% of the league that this, this tag could potentially apply to. Um, and, and it's ugly, but the rest of the, the rest of the players unions, like, we got bigger fish to fry, man. We finally just got rid of getting suspended for weed, right? We're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fight you over you know six guys every year that are disgruntled about the franchise tag. So Ursay is yes, petty. I don't, I, I, he is. There's something a little screwy with that guy. I mean, I don't think there, you can go and Google him. There's a long list of <laughs> words and actions that he's done that that are a little loopy. 
Um, but I also think he's not a dumb businessman and he knows that he has holds, he holds all the cards here. Unless, unless Jonathan Taylor wants to go and completely tear up that locker room uh, or sit out an entire season and not get paid. Uh, he really has very little recourse at this point in his career. Yeah, no, um, the, the union's in a tricky spot, right? Cause they have to represent the 99%, not that top 1%, um, that this applies to, you know, year in and year out. Uh, so bringing it back to the Dolphins, there is another guy on, on the Dolphins roster that um, is going to be in an interesting situation moving forward as well. Uh, so the Dolphins came into this offseason knowing their top three defensive tackles were all slated to be unrestricted free agents next offseason. And Chris Greer took care of one of them, just not the one that most expected when the Dolphins gave Zach Sealer a new three-year contract, but were unable to reach a new agreement with Christian Wilkins. Um, Wilkins had been staging a hold in right now for about two weeks. He returned to practice this week, met for the media, uh, met with the media for the first time since his hold in. Uh, you, you were there, you wrote about it for Pro Football Network. Um, what were some of your takeaways of his media availability and kind of how do you see this playing out for Christian Wilkins and the Dolphins? Um, those are two very different questions. Uh, I'll, t- I'll start with the first one. I think this season will be the best you could possibly see of Christian Wilkins. And he is motivated. He is incredible shape. We saw a dominant player in the preseason, not just a good player, a dominant player. I know we've talked about this in the past. One of the the knocks on him or the lack of splash plays, mm-hmm. you know, the reason he's not getting uh, $25 million a year and he may, might be getting closer to 20. Right. Because all the nine defensive tackles that are in that 20 million average annual value are all guys that get pressure on the quarterback and he hasn't done that probably because of lack of uh you know the the opportunity to do so and and now this year could be his proven year to do that yeah this the system is set up tailor-made for him to dominate um and he has been fantastic fantastic in camp and a lot of this we're working off of you know muscle memory at this point because uh, we haven't seen him in 11 on 11s in a minute uh he 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 balled out the first two weeks and he's like okay I i proved my point I am not putting myself at risk now going forward. I don't think he, based on what we heard yesterday and based on everything we know about Christian Wilkins, you talk to every single player. He's the heart and soul of this defense might be the heart and soul of this team. Um, He's the engine. He is all these things. Um, I don't see the contract situation impacting. Like, I don't think he's going to be out there week one saying, Oh man, I can't, I can't go all out because I might get hurt and I might not get my deal or I can't go all out because screw the Dolphins, they didn't pay me. I, that, that's not going to happen. I think the Christian Wilkins we saw the first two weeks of training camp is poised to have a really big year uh, in 2023. So Dolphins fans should be excited about the now. Dolphins fans should be very nervous about the future because um, to the point we made, these these high-end 23, $24, 25000000 million, I mean, Aaron Donald's contract is bananas, but that, that that's that's a completely different stratosphere. Uh, but all these guys who have gotten paid recently um, are going to rrr, 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 pull up the franchise tag. And the franchise tag is at the very least, I think, next year, $20 million for defensive tackle. And it's funny because the, the Dolphins on their depth chart list is defensive end. So that could be even another point of contention, could add another million to or that that tag number. But regardless, he is going to make $20 million plus next year from somebody. The question is who and how. Um and I don't know how the Dolphins do it. I don't. Certainly, some of the moves they made this week, uh, adjusting Cedric Wilson's contract, 
getting Noah off their books, um, not paying Johnson Taylor $13 million a year. There have been moves that have helped them financially going forward. Uh, but that's still a big ask. I mean, they be, to, to your point, Seward got paid. They, you know, Raekwon Davis, we'll see what they do with him. But Jalen Waddle is going to want to get paid. Jalen Phillips is going to want to get paid. Javon Holland is going to want to get paid. Robert Hunt is going to get going to want to get paid. All these guys are going to be the core of whatever this team does this year. If they play well, you're going to have very similar conversations with all these dudes, either in their contract year or in their free agency year uh, in the spring of 2024. Uh, I don't know how they do all that and still keep Wilkins. Uh, certainly the one-year franchise tag, you, they're, they're right now, um, thanks to the Sealer contract, which, by the way, was market value. Like $10 million a year is what he deserves. I know you know he doesn't have the name of Christian Wilkins, and they took completely different paths. Ferris State, seventh-round pick, cut on cut-down day as a rookie, came to the Dolphins as a waiver claim, and then has just completely – just completely developed into a dominant player. Um, that's a good number for him, but it still adds 10 more million dollars to the 2024 cap, which was all already kind of dicey for the dolphins. And depending on the service you use over the cap or Spotrack, they're either between 40 and close to $60 million over the cap in 2024. How do you add another 20 mil in a franchise tag for Wilkins? Doesn't seem likely unless you get rid of a lot of players like Jerome Baker, would have to be gone. Emmanuel Ogba would have to be gone. And you now can say this, oh, okay, well, I would rather keep Wilkins than those dudes. Certainly, we'll move on. We have no idea. Ogba could come back and have 13 sacks this year. Jerome Baker could be in the perfect assist for him and and play great. So just like, oh, yeah, we can write these guys off. They're not like the Byron Jones situation. We knew that was going to be a cut. Like We could see that coming down the road for years. Can you say that about Baker? Can you say that about Ogba? So those are just the the big number ones. If not, what they would have to do to get into the cap is take a lot of these already onerous contracts and make them more onerous. Add another two or three years of pain to Bradley Chubb. Add another two or three years of pain to Tyree Kill. And yeah, Tyree Kill is a great player and you want him on your team. And he he is probably their best, you know, pound for pound player on their roster. Um, certainly, I think he's number six in Pro Football Network's top 100. But he's also a speed guy who's getting close to 30. So do you want to make sure that you're locked down to a speed guy at age 34? Don't know. The Rams pay the price for it. The the Saints every year. Like people who say this, the franchise tag is a myth are dumb because we have example of example of how it's not a myth. In any given year, it's a myth. But the cumulative effect of the franchise tag will cripple a roster will cripple a roster. The only way the Saints and the Rams can do what they've done and consistently compete at a high level is to hit on every single draft pick. And no GM in the league does that, right? Certainly the Cowboys have had a great history, but even they have had to say goodbye to some of their players as well. Um, So a, a long answer to a short question is this. For the Dolphins to keep Christian Wilkins around long term, they're going to have to make other tough decisions. So it's going to be what do they prioritize? And me personally, I am absolutely applauding them not adding more bad debt onto an already bad financial ledger going forward by trading for Jonathan Taylor and giving a big contract. That's the bare minimum of what was needed to make sure Wilkins is here long term. Now, getting back to what he said yesterday, 
which is Tuesday, um, for those who are listening on Friday, uh, getting back to what he said on Tuesday, uh, basically like I believe Auckland orange. I mean, that's the gist of what he said. It was like, there's no one who wants to be a Miami dolphin more than I am. It never occurred to me like Chris Jones. He, he is, he, you could not have two different ways of, uh, a way. Yeah, those are polar players. opposites right there. Right. Yeah. Chris Jones is like, screw you chiefs. I ain't showing up. Like, find me as much as you want. I'm going to show up week 10 and I'm going to go through the motions just so I get my accrued year. And then I'm out of here. Wilkins mm-hmm. could have he's done even that. been on Twitter responding to Chiefs fans who are criticizing him too. I mean, he, he's Chris Jones has gone above and beyond um, just, you know, holding out. Right. Uh, Wilkins, on the other hand, voluntarily took the podium behind a Dolphins drop backdrop wearing Dolphins garb yesterday to say how much he loves the Miami Dolphins and to say how happy he is for Zach Sealer for who may have taken some of his money, right? Who, 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 whose $10 million next year might be the reason the Dolphins can't keep him. So if, and, and this is my broader point, Matthew, if, if the Dolphins can't find a way to keep him, what are we doing? Right. If you can't find a, a way to keep a guy you drafted, this is like Chris Greer. It was his first draft pick, like as a true complete control of the roster GM. I know he was a GM with Tannenbaum and Gase and all that. 2019 was really the beginning of the Chris Greer. And a lot of people roast him for decisions that were made when he was on staff before 2019. He can only do so much if the head coach and the de facto GM want a player, that player, like you think the Indomitian Sioux contract was a Chris Greer idea. No. So um, Christian Wilkins was the first draft pick of this kind of direction they're taking. Uh, Chris Wilkins was, I'm sorry, not Christian. uh, Christian Wilkins was the first draft pick of that kind of new era. And um, he's turning to be everything you would hope he would be. How do you not lock that guy down long-term? Yeah, no. And and, and to your point too, Wilkins, even um, there was reports at Schefter, right? That Wilkins, made it clear that he didn't want to be traded. The Dolphins had no intention of trading him and other teams approached the Dolphins about it. I, I think to, to the question about how you handle this, it, it's really a, a two or three year window. I think you have to keep kicking the can down the road, knowing that that check is going to come due and try to win in this two year window before things get okay. more difficult. Like here's that, the, that's what it comes down to. Here's the question then. Do you give to a new contract? That's that's really what, what because right now they have Tua under his fourth year this year and then his fifth year option next year. I think those two years combined are are, are going to be short of thirty million dollars. You're getting your 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 starting quarterback for fourteen million dollars a year over the next two years. I know it's the, the the salary cap is a fungible thing because it can roll over and you can borrow next year and use it this you know there, there are ways yeah. that you can do it but basically what you need to see Tua as is a two year twenty seven twenty eight million dollar contract whatever the number is I'll look it up um, are you giving that guy a raise and then you do that like do you, do you really just go completely all in on your next two seasons and do absolutely everything you can to load up. And you worry about the bill in 25 and you worry about maybe having to franchise Tua because you can give him an extension. Uh, and that franchise number could be 50, $55 million at that point. We just don't know what it is. It's tough, man. So <laughs> here's the thing. And, and, and this is, this is what's funny to me is that they always talked about sustainability, 
right? When they when Greer took over and they hired Flores in 19, Ross was talking about, we don't want to go up and down. We don't want to make the playoffs one year and then be six and 10, seven and nine the next. Um, yeah, okay. Good luck with that. Good luck with yeah. that with a roster that has like a billion dollars of liabilities over the next three years, right? I mean, it's insane how much money that they have already tied up into some of these some of these players. How is that sustainable? Yeah, no, I, I think um, th- that was a nice idea in 19 when they were building and, and, and tanking and all of that. Um, th- things have changed, right? I, well, I think yeah, and they, they've got an owner who's 84 years old that's never won a playoff. Right, and they have an owner that wants to win now. Because, like you said, he's 84 years old and he's impatient. And if, if there was no cap, it was up to him. He would be the George Steinbrenner of of the NFL. Him and Jerry Jones would be spending, you know, billions to, to build a roster. So, you know, money is not an issue as far as the willingness to invest within the guidelines of the cap to, to win. And and Chris Greer has ever since the Tyreek Hill trade, I think that signaled the, the the shift right there. That that was the first domino. And I think sustainability is out the window. And I think now it is, you know, trying to see how high that high is going to be before we get to what could be a, um, you know, lean years. So what do you do with Tua then? Uh, Revisit next off season. Let's see him get through this season (laughs) healthy and and then, and then we'll talk. Okay. So, all right. So he gets, come on. This is what podcasts are for, right? Hypothetically. Okay. So say he gets, I think there's a way you can structure it. So you give him the extension. He gets through this year healthy. He gets an extension, um, but you structure it where it's very backloaded as well. I I know he'll have to take some upfront, um, you know, in in the form of a signing bonus. But okay, so you backloaded over the life of the contract. I I mean, there's ways to make it so 24 is not the year that he hits the cap hard. And then, like I said, you have a two-year window. You have this year, you have 24, and then that offseason in 2025 is dicey. And totally agree. I, I I like that in theory. Here's the problem with that. Tua has agency, right? And Tua, like, okay, sure. I am fine with taking whatever, a $35, $40 million signing bonus, $50 million, whatever it is, and then backloading it. So to give you guys, be able to spread it out, and then 2028, we, we'll worry about 2028, 2028. If Tua has a great year this year, he's not going to want, okay, non-guaranteed in 28. That's cool. No. I am owed $120 million guaranteed. And however you want to structure it over the course of that contract, I am going to get that guaranteed money. So then you're saying, okay, injury prone quarterback. Okay. Guy who has a year and a half of good tape. Are we going to guarantee you your $50 million 2027 salary? I mean, these are all the things that, and again, I am all for going for it, right? I am all for, they need to, to win because God, man, I've been covering this team part-time since 08, full-time since 12, okay? Give me some wins, dude. Seriously, give me some wins. Let, let, let's let's play in the AFC Championship game. Let's go. Let's do this, like, right? Like, I am tired of 7-9. and nine. I'm just sick and tired of it. And I'm sure people who pay money are invested and grew up with, you know, what is that? See, I can do it this way. I can't. I can't. I can't point to you. How, how, how do I point to you? That, that way? Whatever it Are is, I'm backwards. The Marino helmet. That's back yeah. There? The Marino helmet. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Is it? Is it that way? There it is. There right. it is. Right there. <laughs> um, for the those listening that are totally confused right now, like, but yes, in the video, I'm trying in vain to point the right way to his shelf of dolphins paraphernalia. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for you. So yeah, you want to go for it, right? 
it, it's been a, it's been a long time. Um, so I got I got my driver's license when I was 17 years old in New Jersey. The Dolphins haven't won a playoff game since I've been able to drive. I'm going to be 40 in January. They haven't won a single playoff game. So yeah, it's been some lean years. I was always of the mindset of sustainability and, and you know building a culture where you can be successful year in and year out. That yeah, I lost patience somewhere in the. I would say within the last decade. You know how you do that. You have Tom Brady, you have Peyton Manning, you have Patrick Mahomes. That's how you build sustainability. When the when when you have a quarterback that's so otherworldly that you can get by with seven round draft picks out there, you can because the 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 quarterback is so bleeping good that you can build a roster every single year to compete with him. I don't know if two is that guy, and that's the thing is that so what they're doing is they're wisely saying, okay, this is the last year he's on his rookie contract. Let's go and build the super team. Well, what happens if he's not on his rookie contract anymore? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. But you know what? Let, let's worry about this year. Let, let's see him go through the season healthy, maybe miss no more than a game or two um, and, and have, you know, that repeat success and build on last year's success and then revisit this next off season. Uh, it, it would be a good problem to have. If he goes out there has 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns, team wins 12 games, they will go. They will go to the AFC Championship game in that scenario, right? They will, or at the very least, <laughs> when you finally a playoff game, Matthew, they will finally I'd like get to see past one. I yeah, like to see one. And and in that scenario, you say the plan is working. It hasn't worked, but the plan is working. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, bring it back to this week, though, boy, that was a fun trade. They're thinking that the Dolphins going, you know, 12 and 5 AFC title game. Now I have to go back to talking about the two trades the Dolphins made this week. Um, the first, they traded Dan Feeney, right, to, to the Bears for a late round pick. And he was just signed in March and given $2 million signing bonus and traded a few months later. So the Dolphins just misjudged this one. Or did they misjudge their own depth, right? And, and, and kind of realize that they had, you know, interior linemen that were just as good as Feeney and we could go get that six round pick and, and eat the $2 million signing bonus. Okay. So I see it a different way. I think okay. that this was something that they had potentially in mind as an out all along the way that contract is structured. Um, they could take on the vast majority of pain. If, if he is there, cause right now he's probably, he would have been their eighth or ninth offensive lineman. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, $3 million is not a huge amount of money for, a six or a seven for an eight or a nine is not great, but for six and a seven, that's you'd like to have those guys on rookie contracts. But if not, if it's going to be, if it's going to be a veteran, you're not, you're not going to get a league minimum guy for that. So they, they probably thought, you know, this is a guy we think can help us, but if not, we have a way to move on from him because we will eat the, the, the signing bonus. And then whoever we trade him to eventually, in this case, the Chicago bears would get a six or a seven under the veteran minimum, because that's what his base salary is. The minimum salary, his total compensation is over $3 million this year. Dolphins have already paid two of it. So they're like, all right, if it doesn't work out, we will be okay with flipping him for a draft pick. And so uh, you're like, well, that that seems like a lot of money. You eat $2 million for a six round pick. Actually, it's not that much. It's overpaying, but it's not grossly overpaying. Uh, There's a chart from, uh, I believe it's over the cap that did an historical look at what the actual salary cap value is for every pick in the draft. And let's just say for the sake of argument, and I looked at, by the way, 
you know, product plug right here, Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator, had the Bears drafting somewhere around 175 in the sixth round. The 175, 175th pick, according to this over the cap, or Spotrack, I'm sorry if I'm giving credit to the wrong company, uh, to, to, this, to this formula was $1.3 million. $1.4 million, I believe. So essentially what they did was they got a sixth round pick and overpaid for it by $600,000. And that $600,000 was essentially a write-off for the five months that they had Feeney to see whether or not he was their guy. So there are, I mean, if, if you look at it that way, it's not terrible. It's not. Now, if they would have gotten it for like a pick swap in the seventh round, you're like, this, uh, <laughs> you're overpaying here, man. I mean, it's basically cutting them at that point. But there is value for a standalone six round pick uh, in the eyes of those who trade picks for money. And teams have do it, do it. Like there is no doubt in my mind that the Brandon Shores of the world see players as assets. They don't see players as players. They see them as how dollar sign towards winning, right? What 100%. is the what is the what is the cost that you bring to us that you can give to us towards winning? Uh, and he saw he and Chris Greer saw um, a six round pick being worth eating a two million dollar. Uh, uh, a two million dollar uh, signing bonus to, particularly for a player that would only play if things went really, really wrong for this team. So yeah, did did they overpay for him? Sure, slightly, but not as egregiously as some people are saying. And, and then I presume this means Liam Eikenberg becomes the backup center now. Yeah, as he right, was working uh, there, but Connor Williams held out in in, in mini camps. Yep, McDaniel all but said that yesterday. He's like, Hey, you guys should pay attention to OTAs. And that's where he was working all throughout OTAs when Connor Williams was holding out. All right. And then, and then speaking of overvaluing, uh, there's probably no question that Chris Greer and the Dolphins overvalued Noah Igmanogany on draft night back in 2020. Um, he had an improved training camp, obviously this year, maybe a system that fit his skill set better, but still, um, and we saw it in the preseason. He, he seemed to be in position, but still can't make a play um, to, to, to break up the pass. So the team traded the former first-round pick to the Cowboys for a former second-round pick, Kelvin Joseph, who was the 44th, I believe, overall pick in 2021. He's been a disappointment of his own, only on the field for about 330 defensive snaps over his two years in Dallas. Um, but there is some special teams value with Joseph that Igmanogany did not provide because he did not really play special teams. Is that really why the Dolphins made this move to get another corner who can also help on special teams? Yeah, if you don't see Igmanogany as appreciably better on defense than Kelvin Joseph, and we can talk about Kelvin Joseph's off-field concerns, which have to factor into the equation, obviously. Uh, but purely football, uh, if you see them as pretty close to being even on the field, and you see one is substantially better on special teams and one substantially cheaper, yeah. you're able to get... I mean, like, to your point, Noah's a first-round pick. There's some guaranteed money left on that contract. There is zero guaranteed money left on Kelvin Joseph's contract, right? So if he acts like a knucklehead again or he doesn't perform, they could cut him with no pain. And then you you do that, and then you walk away from Noah's money altogether. Certainly, they had to take a bit of a cap hit for the, the signing bonus and all that. Uh, I think these were two good moves. Like we can we can quibble about some of the things that Dolphins do. It's a Cedric Wilson contract, obviously inability to draft offensive line. I mean, they cut another one that they drafted this year. Uh, although seventh round pick is not the same as a second round pick not working out. So you can have your criticisms of a Chris Greer, but he very rarely loses a trade. Like when's the last time you're like, wow, he got fleeced. 
the entire reason this team is making a run this year because they, they had the foresight to trade their left tackle. And, and the, you know, the, the ripple effects of, of the Laramie Tunsil move are still being felt. So he is a, like, he is one of those that if he calls you up for a trade, you better to think long and hard about, right? Like, because he is, they have done their homework. They've thought through every single angle. And uh, I, I, I can't often think about him losing a trade. You can say he lost the Feeney trade. Well, he lost that Feeney trade when they signed to a $3 million contract. Right. That's when they lost that trade. But the actual trade itself, they won. They, yeah. they, 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 they got rid of a player and they got an asset for him that wasn't going to contribute. And they got the last million dollars back that they were going to spend on. Like, that's not a loss. So um, I, I do think that they're very, very smart when it comes to trades. And it's helped them in a big way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then one final you don't want to dive too much into the the 53 man roster because by the time you're listening to this, it probably changed. Um, but they did keep three quarterbacks on the 53 man roster. Um, about half the league did that. The Dolphins were one of them. Don't think it comes as much of a surprise. I also think Mike White clinched the backup quarterback job without even playing the last week of the preseason because the Skylar Thompson roller coaster rolled on in Jacksonville and um, it hit one of the downturns. Obviously, um, but were you surprised at all? They did keep three um, and. Do you foresee a situation where they try to sneak maybe Thompson on the practice squad or are the three going to remain on the 53? Um, and then all three will be active on game days as well then in that situation. Yeah. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I had a gentleman's bet with a number member of the beat that, that he wouldn't, that he'd be PS, but um, so I'm going to stop predicting because I was wrong about that one. And I think I've been on the record that I thought he was heading to the practice squad. Uh, but I do think that, uh, there are like there are quarterbacks. I mean, Zappy just got cut, right? There are the teams are willing to put quarterbacks at risk, and if the only reason you're keeping Skylar Thompson is because you think he might need to play in a playoff game if Tua and Mike White get hurt, you're lost already, man. We've yeah. seen that. We've seen that play out, right? So I don't think that anyone that they could. Uh, they could have claimed uh, would have been worse than, and Scott was a nice guy and he's showing some flashes, but we're just talking about, you know, you say half the league. So, so 32 plus 48 is what 80. Is that what it is? 80 quarterbacks more or less the national football league is, is Skylar Thompson that much better than the 81st or 82nd. I don't know. So uh, I I think that was, I, I think we'll still see things, things, see things play out. And if they get stuck, I mean, they've got a bunch of injuries. We didn't really talk about. They got a bunch of injuries, not long term. Only a handful were long term. But can we get through week one? Right? Can we? Do we have enough bodies to to make this Jenga work? And um, if it comes down to Skylar Thompson waving him and betting the ninety nine percent that he's going to make it the whole way to the practice squad, I think they make that move at some point. Yeah, and were you surprised? Was there any one big surprise at all about the final fifty? Well, the the initial final fifty three man roster. Um, and no, to me, five I, running backs was a bit of a surprise, but three of them are banged up, so I guess it, it's it's not. And then they have um, what two two tight ends, and they only have two tight ends, right? Right. The the, the which will probably change this week at some point. I, I would correct, imagine yeah. when the IR moves hit, they'll they'll bring back someone. Tyler Croft seems to be the obvious one because he did practice with the team 
before getting cut yesterday on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, that that would be yeah, it's very very astute observation there, Matthew. Hey, thank you. you. Sometimes uh, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, so that would be the one that makes logical sense. So, uh, no, I, I I think their roster compensation reflected what we saw over the last six weeks between you know practices and and, and games and all that. Uh, I I think that uh, they do have some holes still. I would like to see them add another defensive tackle if they could. Um, safety <laughs> until they get healthy is going to, like Brandon Jones. They need Brandon Jones to be healthy, um, or they could have some issues there. But look, every every single team. <gasps> sorry, my dog's losing it. Every every single team in the National Football League has um, holes, and the idea that you're going to construct this pro- perfect roster is absurd. You just need your best players to stay healthy and to contribute at a high level and you'll have a chance to win and everything else will take care of itself. Right. Well, that's a very good uh, way to tease next week's episode where we will have our kind of season preview. We'll, we'll talk and about David Behrman will have his predictions. My dog's telling us time to wrap it up. So let's wrap it up. Okay. Our, well, our, our, our CCO uh, will have his uh, Dolphins betting tips next week as well. Yes. So don't miss that. That will be... Um, Probably my favorite episode uh, that we've done yet um, because of the degenerate that I happen to be. Um, but anyway, so uh, remember, subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms. It is now available. Uh, if you want to rate it, too, that would help us. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and be sure to visit ProFootballNetwork.com slash Miami hyphen Dolphins for all of the Miami Dolphins content that we are putting out. And it's a lot of it. Thanks to you, Adam, who I don't know. Do you sleep? I don't I don't think you do. <laughs> Not much. And uh We will see you back here next week on the PFN Miami Dolphins podcast.